The following is a Furnished Brothers production. Introducing your host, Rob. Put your best players out there, Mike. And Ryan. He missed the net, and it somehow went in. This is the Talking Buds Podcast. Legendary Bob Cole, oh baby. Welcome to episode 18 of the Talkin' Buds podcast. Just got finished watching the Leafs pull out a 5-4 hard-fought victory over the Ottawa Senators. Before we get into that, Ryan, how's it going, buddy? Beep, bada, beep, boop, boop. What is going on, Robert Furnish? The Leafs just beat the Senators 5-4. Austin Matthews has a new contract. Mitch Marner's agent is making all kinds of crazy comments. Jake Muzzin throws body checks. We have no shortage of things to talk about this week, buddy. No, man, and uh, I got a hot take right out of the gate about the hockey game that just happened. All right, all right. We're going to, just before you say that, we're going to talk about the game. We're going to get into the Matthews contract stuff a little later, but... Tee you up, go for it. All right, you ready for this? Yes, I'm ready for it. That game was awful. Oh. Awful hockey game. The I Sens always play them that tough. hockey game. The Sens always play them tough. I, we, we said on Instagram today, the Sens always play them tough, and that's exactly what happened. Why did you think the game was awful? I mean, if you were at the game in the Scotiabank Arena, I'm sure it was a fun game, because anytime you go to a Leaf game, there's a bunch of goals, and you get to hear that Hall & Oates song play five times. It's probably not a bad time, but if you're sitting at home watching in, on your television, dissecting everything that happens in the game, yeah, they scored five goals and they won a hockey game, but dude, I, I just there was a couple things that night that just did not impress me whatsoever. All right, well, let's run down the game first, and then you can elaborate on what exactly didn't impress you. The Leafs win 5-4. As I said earlier, hard-fought battle. Uh, goals by Mitch Marner with two ridiculous assists on ridiculous goals. Ridiculous assists. Yeah, ridiculous. Passes. Sets up Hyman for a goal. Hyman ended up getting two. Then Tavares got one on a, like, unreal toe drag pass from Marner. Like, Mar- like comes over the blue line with speed. Unreal toe drag pass. Just ridiculous. Matthews ends up getting one. Like, a he did the whole thing himself. 
Morgan Riley on a beauty pass from Hyman, and Andreas Janssen completes the five-pack of goals. Like the Sens, they always play them tough, man. The Sens show. I think the Sens get up to play the Leafs, especially where that team is at now, where they're like way out of it. Then there's the whole Battle of Ontario thing. I, t- I just think that they get pumped to play the Leafs, and it shows every time they play them. I didn't think tonight was Freddie Anderson's best game. Is it just me, or does he always have a shaking it, shaky outing against the Sens? I thought he was unreal early, to be honest with you. I thought in the first period, that game could have been a blowout. He made so many good saves between the ten, the, below the 10-minute mark in the first period and the first 10 minutes of the second period. I thought he made some unbelievable saves, but then... Dude, they got over 40 shots on him. Like, this is the yeah, worst yeah. hockey team in the National Hockey League. And there's forty. There's a 40 spot on the television. And it's like, it's, yikes. It was a typical Leaf game in the sense that, like, they had some really soft, lazy stretches. Oh, dude, but so But their soft. skill... Their skill, they just, they're able to outscore their problems. Like, they're so skilled and have so much offensive goal scoring talent that it doesn't matter. They can go to sleep for 10 minutes, fall behind two goals or a goal, and get right back in it. Well, congratulations. You barely escaped against the worst team in the NHL. And when right. Ottawa, Ottawa getting up to play the Leafs. Ottawa has something to play for here. Usually, if you're, you're in position to win the lottery, you, you want to go tank nation, but this team doesn't want to go tank nation because they gave up their pick to the Colorado Avalanche. So they need to start winning some hockey games so they don't finish dead last and they don't look so stupid when Jack Hughes throws on a Colorado Avalanche sweater in April oh, that's... Or, or May or June, whenever the draft is. Isn't that just salt in the wound? Like, oh, just... dude, th- dude yeah. they're, they're run by a bunch of dummies like Eugene Melnick is a dummy Pierre Dorian he's always got Scrabble face traded Matt Deshane who's up for his deal this year and gave up his first round pick that is not lottery protected and now they're gonna watch their franchise player don a Colorado Avalanche jersey yikes all right you you I want to hear it I want to hear what it is about tonight's game and exactly what bothered you I only have one main thing to say and that is the defense pairing of um, Jake Gardner and Nikita Zaitsev is an absolute liability out there it's they, awful yeah oh, they're brutal man Nikita Zaitsev like I know like I apologize to the loyal talking buds listeners who hear me say this all the time but oh my god is he terrible it's like terrible yeah yeah like we're we're going to get into like the whole contract thing a little later but essentially they're going to have to ship some contracts out of town and it's like Zaitsev is the ideal one that you'd like to get rid of but who the hell is going to take on that guy he stinks my my problem with tonight is just the same problem me and you've been running down for months. Just soft hockey all over the ice. And I thought the Matthews goal and the Yodson goal were two fortunate bounces for them. And the other three were, were beauty setups. But I, I it's just the overall soft play. I know it's 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 game whatever of 82, and there's so many hockey games in an NHL regular season. But I'm sometimes I just especially with all this 
contract stuff hovering over our head. I would just like to see some guys who make a lot of money start playing like men and being a little tougher on their sticks and winning some battles. Like, do you know how many battles they lost? They're they're lucky to win that hockey game. I thought the Senators dominated them for at least 40 minutes of that hockey game. Yeah, there were stretches of the game where the Leafs were completely asleep. I don't doubt that. And, And we could be just stupid Leaf fans arguing about a win but like it's just it's the same thing we always talk about it's like let's wait till we get to April go to sleep for a period and a half or two periods and then watch what happens when you start playing a good hockey team and you do that and you start being soft and that Gardner Zaitsev pairing played like they did tonight like they're gonna get run out of a rink man like so soft at some points tonight play like they do every night Ryan they're 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 terrible every single night. That pairing, yeah, I'm the sorry. Gar- Gardner, like I I like I'll actually cut Zaitsev a break tonight. Even though he made some dumb plays, but I thought Jay Gardner was just brutal tonight. He was awful, slow man. Like this for an offensive player who's supposed to have some speed. I I don't see it, man. Like he is slow, slow, slow. You were fired up. You were fired up after watching that game. Well, it was weird. It was like I I watched my team win a hockey game, get two points. I'm happy they they're on a three game win streak right now. They're starting to keep pace with the the Canadians and the Bruins, and keeping a little bit ahead of them in the standings, trying to get home ice in that first round. But it's just I don't know. I, the game finished tonight, and I was just like, oh great, they they slid out a victory against the worst team in the league, like. Uh, it's uh, they worry me sometimes, man. It's just I don't know. I get I, sometimes I just want to go out there myself and start jabbing at Ottawa Sanders, being like, "This is what it's like to play with a little bit of toughness." All right, all right. Um, let's 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 positive. I want to hear your positive takes on the game tonight. What was something that you were you were pleased with? Well, it was the big boys produced. Like, I'll we're gonna get into it later. All the contracts, but it's like. These guys want to get paid a lot of money. You got to produce. So it's nice seeing Marner set up two beautiful goals. I know I said Matthew's goal was a little bit of a bounce. The Senators kind of lost track of the puck and he was just in the right position to score. So, but just, I I like seeing the big boys contribute because that's what you get paid to do is contribute. And it's nice that they're kind of back on a goal scoring run, even though they played two awful hockey teams the past two games. But them getting the amount of goals they've got in the last two games, at least they're kind of back on the. If we're gonna play like crap, then we're gonna our skills gonna bail us out. So to me, that's a positive. All right, let's move into um, some player discussion here. I, I want to hear. I want to hear your Jake Muzzin take. The, he was he set Leaf Nation ablaze on Monday night with his body checks and his goal, and he had a three point night the other night, I believe. And he just uh, – let me hear your Jake Muzzin take. What have you seen from the Leafs' newest defenseman? Uh, I've seen a guy who just brings a different element to this hockey team that we've wanted for a while. Like, he's not Scott Stevens. He's not lining guys up and destroying them. But if he sees a good opportunity to lay a hit on an opposing player, he's going to take it. He's going to deliver a clean hit. He's not going to take a stupid penalty. We saw him bomb a shot from the point the other night, and I know he's not a superstar offensive defenseman, but at least you know, like, Babcock's already got him out on the power play, and he's only been in the 
Philly for four games. So that that's an encouraging sign for me that Babcock's already kind of trusting him, being like, oh, okay, Jake Muzzin comes in because that his quote last week, it's not a perfect situation, kind of worried me a bit for this guy. But seeing him on the power play already, and you notice on the power play tonight, there was no cadre. It was just Marner, Matthews, Tavares, Muzzin, and Gardner out at one point, which I found kind of interesting. But one thing we know about Leafs Nation is we can fall in love with physical hockey players like yep. Darcy Tucker, like Ty Domi, like, you know, those guys were kind of more fighters. But if you just bring a different type of energy to this hockey team, especially physical energy, because not everyone's a Corsi and Fenwick guy, you know, like not everyone's all about zone entries and guys. Right, who right. I, the I would cycle. say I would say most people aren't. Corsi and Fenwick. Exactly. Guys. It's just it's just the 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 marks, right? The 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 hockey marks. But if you're just the average Joe paying your ticket to go to a Leaf game, you'll see Jake Muzzin lay out Corey Perry and be like, "Nice, yeah, that was awesome. He just killed him. He just what a hit! Like that gets people excited. And for once, Scotiabank Arena actually lit up. So I think this guy just if he continues to play within himself, like we said last week, he's not a savior. He can't think that in his own mind. He's got to play his game. And if long as he does that, I think he'll be just fine. And he's a guy who also eats up a lot of minutes, which is something they also need. For me, he just brings like a sense of stability back there. Like he's a more like stay at home presence, which to your earlier point, he, they haven't really had. And it's just, it's just a breath of fresh air to watch him. He's smart with the puck. He's, he's skilled. It's just, I love it. I love when, I don't know if you've been paying attention to his like post game press conferences, but there's been two instances now that I've seen where he's like, like someone has asked him about his body checks and he's like taken aback by it. He's like, he's like, why is this so exciting? Yeah. Yeah. He's like, he's like, why? Uh, yeah, it's a hit. That like it's a contact sport, it's a hit, and it's like no, we've been watching Nikita Zaitsev all year. So we've been watching somebody... everyone on this, other than yeah. Zach Hyman, who really delivers body checks on this hockey team. Yeah, yeah, like no, we we literally have the least physical team in hockey. So the fact that you go out there and throw a body check is just the most exciting thing ever to us. Oh my, I know, and it's like it, <laughs> that. Actually, I didn't even think of that. That's a great point because I remember him. Being, he's kind of been. You can see it in his face. Like they ask him the question, and he's kind of like, "Uh, yeah, it's a like that. It's hockey." Yeah, I played There's for Daryl Sutter, and yeah. that means that's a standard for that guy's hockey team. I don't know what you guys are doing here in Toronto, softies. Yeah, I think I think he's been everything we've wanted and wanted and hoped he would be. Great pickup. By Kyle Tubas. I'm just, I'm thrilled with the way he's been. He was on the ice for a goal tonight, but it's just like, whatever. Like they, the team struggled a bit at times tonight, but I, I couldn't be, I couldn't be happier with what I've seen from Jake Muzzin thus far. Yeah. Like he, it's just delivers solid defensive play. Yeah. He's not the fastest skater on planet earth, but you know what? If the guy's physical and defends well, who cares? One more player I wanted to um, specifically highlight, and that's Jake Muzzin's defense partner, Morgan Riley. Got a beauty goal tonight. He, like, he's in the discussion for the Norris this year, Ryan. He's having an absolute career season, and I know that we just locked Matthews up to this five-year contract, and I'm thrilled about it, but 
I got you got to think that at the end of the season, Morgan Riley's name is a one of the top two, three, four names being discussed as the next captain of the team. Well, dude, like I mean, you have said it in the past. Like, if this guy becomes the captain, there's no complaints coming from the Furnish brothers. Like, no, none at all. No, guy's a legend. And the the best part about Riley this season is we're always thinking about that number one defenseman, and he's just slowly and slowly and slowly morphing into that. This guy's just a minutes eater now. He just eats minutes. And you know what number one defensemen do? Eat minutes. So I'm just happy to see Babcock just continually throwing this guy on the ice any chance he can because this is your best guy. He's good defensively. He's good offensively. I I know people are comparing him to Giordano and saying his advanced metrics aren't as good, so that doesn't favor him. I don't care about that. I care about a guy giving me a productive 25 to 30 minutes a game out of my number one defenseman. Agreed. He's all over the ice, man. He's so every time he's out there, you notice him, and he's he's a a bona fide number one guy. And they haven't had one of those in a long time. And you hope when you draft guys that you can develop them and they can take that step. And Morgan Riley is proof that it takes defensemen a long time to come into their own, and he's finally come into his own. And it's just, it's he's on a great contract. I just the. It's amazing. It's amazing. Well, who was the last number one they really had? Like, just think back to all those, like, Matt's years or even the early 90s. Like, they've never had a absolute stud back there ever. Yeah. So, a couple more things here on current events. Bob Cole's last leave home game tonight. The legendary Bob Cole. So many great memories and calls i i'm a little older than you i i grew up and even you like you're you grew up listening to him too like he his voice is Legend. hockey yeah his voice is hockey and it's comfort and it's saturday night and it's big games absolute legend what's your favorite bob cole moment my favorite bob cole moment is the borshevsky game seven against the wigs oh like the, that that's the just, whole that's classic the whole? 93 playoff run. Classic. It's just littered with Bob Cole. When Bob Cole is calling the Wendell Clark, Marty McSorley, Donnie Brook in the West final in 93. Yeah. Classic. It is classic. It is classic. It's amazing. It, and if you it, haven't it heard, just... if you haven't heard those calls, fire up the passion returns on YouTube. Yeah, you'll honestly, hear what we're talking about. If you want about. to relive some Maple Leaf, it, for all those people out there who are just 93 playoff run lovers, we're going to post a YouTube link somewhere of the Passion Returns because it's the full thing is on YouTube. And just take an hour out of your day and watch that. And it is probably my favorite VCR hour log hockey movie video documentary of all time special shout out to the Sundin overtime goal against the Sens in the playoffs is another great Bob Cole call oh there's so there's so many of them there's just if we're if we're gonna go like total nerd here and talk about broadcasters like they just don't make play-by-play guys like this anymore and I think that applies to all sports not just Bob Cole and hockey 
Like you look at Jerry Howarth, he just retired for the Blue Jays. There's there's not going to be another Jerry Howarth or Vin Scully for the Dodgers. Like there's not going to be another Vin Scully. They just don't make these play-by-play guys like that anymore. I don't I don't know why, but that's just all these classic voices, man. Rob, my brother, got a little question for you. What's that, Ryan? If people are unaware about the Talking Buds podcast, where can they hear us? Where can they find us? Well, Ryan, they can hear the show on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and YouTube. They can also follow our daily posts on Instagram at Talking Buds Podcast, on Twitter at Talking Buds Pod, and do not forget to hit that little subscribe button and leave a little five star review and be. A absolute bod. Thank you for the support, everybody. Now, let's get back to the Toronto Maple Leaf Podcast for all the buds. This is the Talking Buds Podcast. Let's not waste any more time and get into it. The biggest news in the last week, the Maple Leafs locking up Austin Matthews for five more seasons beyond this one. The average annual value of the contract is $11.634 million. Fun fact, Kyle Dubas was on Primetime Sports last night and said the 3-4 is the 34 on Austin Matthews' jersey. Which is like Sidney Crosby's 8.7. Yes, which is kind of kind of funny that they work it out like that. As is the case with most things surrounding the Leafs and Leaf Nation and Leaf players, extremely polarizing, very, very mixed reaction to the deal. Let's we're each gonna have our chance to talk about it. So I'm gonna tee you up and let you go first. No, no, no. You not oh, today, okay. buddy. Okay. Not right. today, my brother. Okay. You All are right. going first this time. I I want you to give me your take, give me your opinion, and then I'll bounce off you this time. So first of all, let's talk about the deal, okay? 93% is being paid out in signing bonuses. So in year one, so on July 1st, I believe it is, he Austin Matthews is getting cut a check for 15.2 schmil. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure through the first two years, he sees like 30 million, at least 33 or 30 million of that. 30 million. So, up. So, I'll take you through it. So, year one, 15.2 million signing bonus, and then the actual salary is 700,000. Year two is the exact same thing. Year three, $9.7 million signing bonus, 750K salary. Year four, 7.2 million signing bonus, 750K salary. Year five, 7.2, 750K salary. So, that's. 54.5 54.5 million in signing bonuses and 3.6 million in salary. So Austin Matthews is getting paid, bro. Yes. Austin and Matthews yeah, wow. is just Austin Matthews is texting all his buddies on July 1st of this year and going, "Sup, Sup boys?" Sup, boys? I got Where are we a going? Loaded credit card. Where are we loaded going? Loaded bank account. 
I'm buying this condo. Yep. Text all the girls you know. Mm-hmm. Get over to my place. Let's it's party. all on me. Let's party. Yes. And all quick, right. quick note on that signing bonus, though, is this is how rich hockey teams can still be rich in a hard salary cap era. Yep. Like half the, no, not even half, pretty much all the teams in the league, except maybe Montreal and New York Rangers or whatever, could not flex financially like this in signing bonus. No. And so that's that's the, the beauty of being the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah, which is you, the only way they can flex their rich muscles. Okay, so let's get into this. So a lot of polarizing takes. A lot of people upset about the dollars and the term. So paying him 11.6 for only five years. So let's get into that. With five years, you've bought one year of unrestricted free agency. Listen, ideally, would you like to have him for eight years? Yes, of course. But the dollars just weren't going to work. So you've paid him 11.6, which is fair market value, and you've got him for five. At the end of the day, Kyle Dubas has one job, and that's to lock up his star players. And that's exactly what he did here. That's what he needed to do. He needed to arrange a deal so they can still keep the core pieces together, plus have a bit of extra money to build around them so this team can still be good. I know that he's a restricted free agent. Matthews held the hammer here, okay? He's he's the franchise player. You've heard us refer to him as the franchise many a times on the show. That's exactly what he is. He's the franchise player. So they made it work for Matthews. They made it work for the Leafs. This is also the beginning of new age RFA contracts in the NHL, right? You've heard us talk about it on this show before. The Leafs are at the forefront of this new movement where they have to pay these. Austin Matthews just signed that monster contract and they've never even won a playoff round. And that's Nobody, that is not Austin Matthews' fault. That is not the Maple Leafs' fault. That is just the way the league is going. And they did what they had to do to get their star player locked up on a deal that worked for everybody. Yes, there are things about it that you don't like. And it's just, I, I, I they did what they had to do. He's here for five years. If you're upset about that, I don't know what to tell you, okay? We'll worry about it in five years, all right? They've got five more seasons. They're acknowledging that their window to try and go after a cup is within that next five years. That's the window. That's the window. So, just everybody settle down. He's going to be here. We're gonna. We're, they're gonna try their best to put a team together that's gonna go on a deep run, and just relax. Just relax. Matthew said some things yesterday that I really liked, and I just I'm gonna pair. I'm gonna just take a piece of a quote, and it's just said in the end you're measured on championships, and that's what I want to do. So saying yes, it's a lot of money, but we're here to win cups, and that to me I, that was what I wanted to hear. And I just I'm gonna let you go off on it, but. One thing that I learned yesterday is there's a small and very vocal segment of the Leaf fan base 
that you're, they're just never going to be happy. Like, they're just never going to be happy. They're always going to find holes to poke in anything that this team does. And it, it it's like, whatever, man. Like, like it just, it is what it is. They made it work. Everybody made it work for everybody. Just, I, I liked Matthew's enthusiasm to get the deal done. It just, I don't, I don't know. Like, just, everybody just relax. Just relax. That's All my right. take. Here's the camp I'm in, okay? We've had some time to digest this. It happened yesterday, so we got to think about it, and we had today to think about it. And ultimately, what choice did Kyle Dubas have? Like, what choice did he have? Is he going to make his franchise player sit out till December 1st next year because he doesn't like the dollar figure? This is the leverage that Austin Matthews has as the franchise, as their first overall pick, as the guy who's leading the charge into this new era, okay? What was Kyle Dubas supposed to do? Like, this is the market. I don't I don't get why people are upset. And Austin Matthews, okay, I get it. He's not Connor McDavid. We everyone always brings up Connor McDavid and what he makes. He's not Connor McDavid. But if you look at his statistics over the three years he's been in the NHL, he's second in goals per game behind Alexander Ovechkin, and he's sixth in points per game, and everyone in front of him has played maybe 30 to 40 more games than he has due to injury. So if you're Austin Matthews' agent, his camp, there's a lot of arguments you can make going into that negotiation, being like, well, look at look at the goals. There's a premium on goal scorers in the National Hockey League. You have to pay this. Do Personally, do I love the dollar number? No, I don't. Because even though he scores a lot of goals, I feel like he doesn't do enough shift by shift to earn that money. But guess what? That's just not the way it is. This is what a guy like Austin Matthews is worth in today's NHL. And the thing on the other side too, it's, it's guys are like, well, he gave them flexibility to me. This is a full win for Austin Matthews and a bit of a loss for the Toronto Maple Leafs. All the experts are saying this is a fair deal. It's not to me. It's not a totally fair deal. Because I think Austin Matthews swings the hammer and he got kind of everything he wanted. He got five years, only one year of his UFA bought up. He got a ton of money and he just hit a absolute home run. But regardless of what you think about the dollar figure, the term, Kyle Dubas had absolutely no choice but to get this done right now and I can see the positives and negatives of this deal the positives is they got it done now we don't have to deal with another William Nylander situation thank god man thank god we don't have to spend all summer talking about this like thank god to me that's the biggest positive because heading into the offseason with Marner Janssen Kapanen we believe Gardner's gonna be gone but Gardner's up that means Kyle Dubas can just that's one check mark off his list, he got Austin Matthews done. The second positive, if you honestly believe that the dollar figure they got him at gives them flexibility, Elliot Friedman said yesterday that on an eight-year deal, he was expecting between 13 and 14 million. Which would have so, totally, totally screwed them over. Which is crazy. 
Yeah. That, 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 that's a huge number. I love yeah. Austin Matthews, but that's a big number. So if you honestly believe it gives them flexibility, then that's a positive. But I could also totally understand the frustration of Leafs Nation because you look at the Boston Bruins. There's David Pasternak, probably going to score the same amount. of he's, he's in that goals per game conversation with Austin Matthews. He's right up there. He makes six-something million. Right, like but Johnny the league's Cadreau. changing, though, right? Like, like how 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 long ago did Pasternak sign? No, I know, I, I I get that, I get that. But what I'm saying is, I un- this is the frustration for some people, regardless if it makes sense or not, it's logical or not, inflation, whatever, what time the deal is. I understand that people would be frustrated because there's other hockey teams in the league who are really good, probably better than the Leafs, who have guys who are comparable hockey players to Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, who are making almost half of what they're making. And whether that's fair or not, it that frustrates people. So I get I get why people are frustrated. But ultimately where I sit is Kyle Dubas had no choice but to sign this deal. And I'm just happy he got it done early. We're good. We don't have to talk about it all off season. We don't have to wait till December 1st. Just good on Kyle Dubas for going, you know what? This is what it is. I'm going to sign this now. I agree with you. Uh, one of the things I'm seeing, too, is people uh, people are, feel kind of, like, blindsided and upset. And I'm I'm legitimately surprised by this. Like, there's some people who, who felt, like, remember when Brendan Shanahan came out at the beginning of the year and he was like, you got to take a little less if you want to win cups. And it like his message got kind of screwed up and everyone was like, easy there, Brendan. Yeah. But like, like that's just, that's just not the case. Right. No, no. But uh, Ryan, there's a lot of people who thought that was it. Like there's a lot of people who are upset at what Nylander got paid and that he should have taken a bit of a haircut and what Matt, and they they believe they genuinely believed that all these guys were going to take a little less money to stay here and be Leafs. And it's like, it just doesn't like not everybody's Tom Brady. Like not everybody. No, yeah, no. like yeah, Especially like these new age NHL guys, man, and everyone expects the cap to steadily increase year after year. Right. So and that's that I'm genuinely like I've been legitimately taken aback and like caught off guard by the amount of people who feel that way, who felt that like Oh well, they should have taken a bit less money to stay here, and it's just like, I don't, I like, it doesn't, it doesn't work that way. Like, no, put yourself I, in these guys' shoes. Don't you want to get paid? You can't blame the player. I'll back up the fans who believe that there are better hockey teams in this league who have comparable players under control at way cheaper deals. Like personally, I'm not stoked having three guys, Mitch Marner, Austin Matthews, John Tavares occupying 33 million of the salary cap. And like, that doesn't, that doesn't get me stoked either, but this is like, you can't change the situation. This is what Austin Matthews has leveraged for himself over the first three years of his career. He's produced a lot. He's the face of the franchise. He sells a whack of jerseys. There's 34s everywhere. Elliot Freeman made a really good point yesterday that um, 
MLSE sold the rights to the building to Scotiabank for $800 million. You got to believe that Austin Matthews playing in that building 42 nights a year at least is a huge reason why they could run that price tag way, way up. Yeah, it's the first big superstar they've had since Matt's. Like, you know, like this is this is the guy we've wanted for all those Dave Nonis, Randy Carlisle, Ron Wilson, Brian Burke years. Like, this is the guy we wanted. And this is the deal that was needed to get done. This is the number. This is the term. And we just have to live with it. And you could be frustrated. But you're going to have to get over it because what are you going to do? Get get rid of him? No. Not sign him? Make him sit? Because you don't like the dollar figure? It doesn't work like that. Yeah. Like uh, in hometown discounts, it's like, who, who? don't give me the Steven Stamkos, Nikita Kucherov in Tampa. Like they live in Florida. That, that, that's a favorable ta- income tax state in the U.S. Like don't give me that one example. These guys want to get paid and... Everyone believes that the salary cap is moving up, steadily increasing every year. So maybe in three, four years from now, guys who are in Matthews positions right now are getting paid $16 million if the salary cap's really going up. Yeah. John Shannon yesterday was like talking about how it's 85 and it could be 90 in a couple of years. And it's like, well, it's he's just... his, his wishful thinking about the China market. Like, I'm not, you're not, like, you're, not think, you're not, you're not sold on that. He's going to get too big like um, you can sit there all you like and talk about a hockey's gonna bigger in china i highly doubt that but one more thing on uh matthews so they they were talking about how this has been going on for the last like like it, it talks like intensified in the last like few weeks and berkey pointed out on the broadcast tonight that he's noted he noticed that since the deal got done you've seen matthews play improve do you do you buy into that do you think that's what will this is like this weighing on Matthew's mind was the reason why he was struggling there. Cause we talked about it on the show. Like he did not look like himself there for a few weeks. No, I don't believe it was the contract. I think my biggest concern with Austin Matthews signing this contract and Austin Matthews in general is just him staying healthy. Like it, it just stay healthy. Like he, he's been healthy since he, he, he hurt his shoulder, but the biggest obstacle for this guy is just going to be trying to play 70 to 82 games every single year for the next five years like we can't be paying a guy 11.6 to sit out 25 games a year like everything about Austin Matthews will produce if he's playing 82 games his rookie season he got 40 goals at 82 games it's just that that's my thing with Austin Matthews just stay healthy so in typical Toronto media fashion they signed Matthews to this deal, and within six hours, the focus and conversation completely shifts to Mitch Marner. And then we have an article come out where Marner's agent, I'm paraphrasing here, essentially says that the Leafs have been lowballing him for a long time. He went on both the fan and 1050 today and clarified those comments. But it seems to me like this. All early signs are pointing at this Mitch Marner negotiation being far more, like, public. Like, we heard nothing in the last two. We heard, like, we literally heard nothing about Nylander up until he signed. And with Matthews, we heard for the last, like, McKenzie started reporting it in the last, like, week and a bit that talks were heating up. So, like, very, very little. But 
We had Marner's dad come out earlier in the year and chirp the team for having him not be considered captain. We we now have the agent making these comments. Today, Marner is doing his um, pregame media session, and he's just just being pelted with questions about his contract. Babs comes out today. I don't know if you saw the quote, but... It, it was on Instagram. Watch Babs when he talks about Marner today, and he just goes, Michiana. Michi's a leaf for life. And then he holds his arms up. It's hilarious. Yeah, so He loves Marner. Oh, yeah. But it sounds like, I feel like, and Marner's camp has been emphatic that they're not negotiating in season. So it sounds like we are in for a long summer of Mitch Marner contract talk, Ryan. Well, I just think Mitch Marner, especially with John Tavares coming in. Like, John Tavares kind of started this. I love John Tavares, but this signing for Tavares, $11 million, this started the whole, like, okay, you bring in John Tavares. Like, how are you going to fit everyone in here? Like, And that that sparked Dubis saying, we can and we will sign everyone. God, he, he the, the we can and we will got thrown in his face. Yeah, he that was a oh, big mistake, dude. Yeah. That yeah, guy, like, that was he was a little confident there, and yeah. I'm not sure that was the best move for him. That was a rookie mistake. the The weekend we will got thrown in his face ten times yesterday. Oh yeah, and just that. Well, he, you you say that in this market or any market that cares about their sports team, dude. You're going to get in trouble when you're not going to do it. Yep. So where do you see Marner landing? Same like his his camp believes he's worth every penny. That Matthews is work and I worth and I tell you, man, you watch the game tonight and two unreal passes, like and he just it, we, we glow about him every single week. So, where do you see him landing? I, I see him landing ten million plus. Yeah, I, oh, I don't see sure. like don't throw a nine million dollar offer at this guy. Like I see him at ten million plus. Um, he might, he'll get less because he, his size, his position, he's not a centerman, wasn't the first overall pick, wasn't pegged as the franchise. But if, if I'm Darren Ferris and Mitch Martyr's camp, like I, I honestly get their arguments of thinking that he's equal to Austin Matthews. Like, like you said, you watch the game tonight. This guy makes an impact game by game, maybe more than Austin Matthews does. And I, I know he's not a centerman. But you can totally get that Mitch Marner in his mind's like, okay, I know me and Austin Matthews are best buds, but like, come on, like I'm I'm out here at shift by shift, create. Look at John Tavares; he came in here, he's 32 goals now. And you know why? Because I'm feeding him the old biscuit. Oh, dude, you they we were all so stoked a couple weeks ago when Babs put Matthews and Marner together, and then you you watch Tavares. During those, it was it was only like two, like one, two, three games, but like you, slow, yeah, slow. It just wasn't anywhere close to the player he was. Like as much as we've all want to see that pairing of Matthews and Marner, the way this team is gonna have to go is Marner's got to be with Tavares and Matthews has to carry his own line. That's that's the way this has to go. And if Matthews is making eleven point six, he better carry his own line. Yep, for sure. But Mitch Marner is going to lead this hockey team for two straight years. In points. And Austin Matthews hasn't been healthy. Mitch Marner's been healthy the whole time. Mitch Marner has played with Tyler Bozak, James Van Riemsdyk. James Van Riemsdyk had 38 goals playing with Mitch Marner last yeah. year. I'm and knocking had on a lot of goals the year before. Oh, I'm knocking on wood right now, but um, 
Mitch Marner has that sort of Phil Kessel elusiveness where he he doesn't put himself in situations to take big hits and get hurt. And yet, I still think he's more physical than Phil Kessel ever was. Oh, for sure. But he just he plays that sort of elusive style. I think Marner knows that when it comes to his production, his impact to the game, that he brings the same or even more than Matthews does on a game-by-game basis. Like, forget the position, size, where they were drafted. I think Marner and a lot of Leaf Nation knows that game-to-game, this guy brings it more than 34 does or about at the same level. I know 34 kind of scores more goals, but I I don't think Mitch Marner's crazy for saying, I think I'm Austin Matthews equal, because to me, I think he is too. And this is a guy who, if he continues playing, yeah, if he continues playing 82 year after year, like this guy's not going to have some 50-point season. Like this guy's going to be continually point-per-game hockey player each season he plays if he stays healthy. So, like, they're in a tough situation, man. Like, they're – this is a – this is – brand new waters for for Kyle Dubas and general managers around the league. You're, you're going to have three players tied up in $33 million. We're going to spend... Like, ugh, goodness. We're going to spend how this the summer talking about Mitch Marner's contract until the day he signs. The one thing he did say today that I found really encouraging was, like, we all know he wants to be here. Okay, so, so we're going to get... They're going to get it done. And he did say, as long as I'm here for the start of training camp next year, because we all saw, we, we, we all see William Nylander. So you got to get your ass at training camp next season, period. Well, I think the Nylander contract looks the worst now at all three of them. Like, I know he's playing better, but that $7 going to weigh on you. All right, and with that... It's time for this week's edition of Bums and Beauties. It's time to find out who's a bum and who's a beauty. Take it away, buds. That's right, bums and beauties. Ryan, I went first last week. You go first this week. Who is your beauty of the week? Beauty of the week. We mentioned him earlier. Bob Cole. Just oh, the great goat. Choice. The goat of NHL play-by-play, hockey play-by-play. I know people of generations before me will say Foster Hewitt. I can't really have that debate. I'm not old enough. I'm old enough for Bob Cole, though. And I just love this guy. Listening to his voice. Another nerdy broadcast note on my part. I love how he just eliminates his, like, color guy. Like, there's no old man, like, jokes between the play-by-play and color guy when Bob Cole's calling a game. Like, it's it's just all business. Yeah, call the game. Let your color guy say what he has to say. Don't respond to what he says. Call your game. Bob Cole, classic, beauty of the week, legend, Hall of Famer, legend, 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 legend. My beauty of the week is Mr. Jake Muzzin 
for his performance on Saturday night against Pittsburgh and then on Monday night against the Anaheim Ducks. And even tonight, I thought he looked good in certain situations. And just like just his addition, his play, and his complete confusion at Leafs Nation being so stoked about body checks. Yeah, Jake Muzzin, that's a solid pick. Bum of the week. Bum of the week, Jake Gardner, especially after I watched tonight. Um, You know, there's people out there who just hate Jake Gardner more than anything. They can't stand him. And I've never been a fan of him either, but I've never had the hatred that some other people have. Tonight, I felt it. He was brutal tonight. He was awful. He gave the the puck a million times. He's soft. He's an offensive defenseman, quote-unquote. I don't see any offense out of him either. He stinks. Bum of the week, Jake Gardner. Yeah, I piggyback on your uh, special uh, special shout out to uh, his defense partner Nikita Zaitsev, who just is equally as horrific. Thanks. My bum of the week is whoever scheduled and booked the Red Kelly celebration before the last Friday night's game against the Detroit Red Wings. The game was advertised for a 7.30 start, and we're all sitting there at 20 after 8 going, when the hell is this game going to start? Yeah, wow. I forgot about that. That was a brutal hockey game, too. I didn't even touch touch on that. Yeah, so whoever... Oh, dude, that was one of their worst games of the season. That was one of the like worst they, sport, live sporting events I've ever witnessed in my entire life. It was pretty brutal. brutal. But yeah, it, it all it started off on a bad note with the whole Red Kelly thing. Whoever, whoever was in charge of that, you failed miserably. So you, organizer of the Red Kelly celebration, are my bum of the week. Shout out to Red Kelly, though. No, shout out to nothing against Red Kelly. Nothing against him. Legend. Just but the whoever, organization whoever, of that yeah. ceremony just whoever, needed a little bit of work. That, yeah, whoever put that thing together stinks. Yep. I, I dude, I turned I was ready to go at 7 30 and I was like so, dude, I sat down, I sat down at 725. Little did I know I'd be sitting there for an hour. Yeah, and like Andy Petrillo and, like, and Dave yeah. Poulin and Jeff O'Neill and Mackenzie had to sit there for an hour and just talk about the same things over and over again because no one had any idea what was going on. Um did you see before we do the week look ahead, did you see um Bob McKenzie's second intermission segment on uh, Monday night where he like laid out the Leafs projected lineup for next year and everyone at their and everyone's salaries. It was a fantastic segment. Yeah. But don't that, do you want to get in another 10 minute segment? Because that segment made me go a little crazy. No, I don't. I'm just saying if you haven't seen it, if you haven't seen the chart that he laid out, go look at it. It's very, very interesting. Yeah, it is. And it's, drives me crazy to be honest with you but it's it gives you a good outline of like what the effect of all this cap trouble like what happens to other hockey players on your team when you start signing guys to 11 million dollar contracts all right we we've had enough contract comfort the contract stuff like as much as like you could do a full episode on contract 100%, 100%. i have notes and notes and notes on the potential outcomes of 
guys leaving, guys staying, trades. Like, it's just, we could sit here and have an hour conversation on contracts. Basically, if you're a hockey fan now, you don't only have to watch hockey. You got to know basic arithmetic and be an accountant on the side because this is what a hard salary cap era is. Well, guess what, Ryan? We're going to have an entire summer of probably doing exactly that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Contracts. Yeah, I know. My God. Contracts. We Yeah, we you and I could burn through 60 minutes of contract talk. No problem. Oh my God. We could talk about guys coming off the books next year, the year after, the year after that. What are they going to sign this guy to? Do Pull out our calculators, add, subtract, multiply, divide. We could do it all day. All right, but we're not going to do that. We're going to do the week look ahead. Okay, so the Maple Leafs. Currently sitting in their usual spot, second place in the Atlantic Division at with 69 points. Nice. Nice. Is that Gronk? Gronk would love that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. The Montreal Canadiens are behind them at 66. So they've put a little three-point buffer between them and the Habs and the Bruins at 65. And then the Sabres are at 58. So the Sabres have kind of come back down to earth here. Well, I think the Bruins won tonight, so that puts them at 67. Well, there you go. So, the Leafs play oh, the no, Habs. Oh, no, the Bruins lost in a shootout, so that's no. one point for them. Well, there you go. The Leafs play the Habs on Saturday night in Montreal. Big divisional game. I'm actually really looking. You know what, Ryan? It's been a long time since I've been jacked up for a Leafs-Habs I'm game. I'm jacked up for this one. Yeah, I was yeah, about to so say, really... I am jacked up for this hockey game. Yes. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, really, I'm really looking forward to it. I am. I'm really looking forward to it. So Sunday, they go to they go on a little bit of a road trip. The Saturday in Montreal, Sunday in New York against the Rangers at MSG. Tuesday in Colorado against the Avalanche. Thursday against the Vegas Golden Knights, Valentine's Day. Okay, so you got you got Montreal, Vegas, two pretty good hockey teams. You got the Rangers aren't a playoff team, but could easily beat you like they beat the Bruins tonight. Yep, for sure. So let's keep this two-point streak going. I know I wasn't a fan of the game tonight, but at the end of the day, two points, all you need, keep just, we need that home ice, man. Like, just keep building that gap with the Bruins and the Canadians. Keep winning. You'll get that home ice, and that'll be big. All right, that'll just about do it for episode 18. There is one thing I wanted to point out here. Our buddy Tony, who is a Loyal Talking Buds listener, just shared this on Twitter, and uh, it's just... Ugh. Ron Hainsey, 22.37 of ice time. Jake Muzzin, 18.27. I know that you and I aren't as down on Hainsey as, as everybody else, but, like, what are we doing, Babs? Dude, like, if if you're a Leaf fan, like, you shouldn't be surprised by this. Like, this is Mike Babcock 101. Like, let's just trust the veteran who has a family, who goes to the gym, who I know exactly what I'm going to get out of him. Like, I we don't like it, but this is just the most Babcockian thing I have ever seen. But it's like he goes and gets you a, like a veteran top four guy and like stay at home guy. He doesn't play the right side though. Oh, he doesn't play the strong side. 
Oh my god, he... He's not on his forehand when he takes a D-to-D pass. Oh, he... Oh my god, he, he makes me so mad. He makes me so mad sometimes. Like, I'm, I, I don't pretend... Like, I don't like to be, like, armchair coach and, like, say what should what he should and shouldn't be doing because he's Mike Babcock. He knows way more about hockey than I'll ever know. He's forgotten more about hockey than I'll ever know. But, like, Mike... Mike, like, dude, like a hockey coach, like he's when you think about the NFL, you think about Bill Belichick and how he plays his defense like in hockey. They're not playing cover two or sending everyone on a blitz or playing zone or man. Hockey's just an instinctive game. All the coach can really do is deploy a power play system, a penalty kill system and decide who goes on the ice at which time. And when he's sending out a guy that is people are kind of wearing on a guy that no one's really a fan of over a new guy who everyone loves so far. Lee fans aren't going to like that. And we, we know that I don't like it at all. No, it's just, it's frustrating because you're like, Hey, I I'm not down on Ron Hainsey at all. Personally, me, Ryan Furnish, talking bud. I actually like Ron Hainsey. I don't listen. I don't hate him either. I don't hate him either. I think he. I think people way underestimate his value, but, but he's not a top. Like he should be down there. I just he should be playing more than Jake Muzzin. If you want to play him more than Nikita Zaitsev or Jake Gardner that's fine. or Travis Dermott, that's fine. He should not be playing more than Jake Muzzin. Period. End of discussion, Mike. Yeah, and it's, well, a part of that, it's brutal. I'll give him a couple minutes. I'll give him a minute, two minute, because of that four-minute high-sticking penalty kill they were on. But it's, you're going to drive this fan base crazy when you play a guy that no one can stand, or the majority of Leaf fans can't stand, and play him over a new guy who's showing some serious signs of offensive skill and physical ability. Like, it's just, you're going to drive Leafs Nation nuts. But guess what? Mike Babcock does not give a crap about what we think or what we want. He's going to trust the old guy, the veteran, the guy with a family, the guy who's in the gym. He's a good pro each and every day. Like, I'm not surprised whatsoever. All right, I hate to end it on a ranty note there, but I guess that's how we're going to have to end it. That'll do it for episode 18. We'll be back next week. We're going to have to figure this out next week, Ryan, because we got a couple late games, so we'll have to pick a day next week that works and get the podcast out, but we'll get one out. We always do. So thank you, everybody, for downloading. We'll catch you next week. do did will the story of people podcast is now available on the crier media network the first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories ready tara sloan from the san jose sharks undercurrent podcast at nbc sports Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land 
Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network. I'm Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app.